Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That's my co-host over there, Schmidt. Hey, hey. And we are recording this week's episode from Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer, Minneapolis. A place that I have become quite fond of in the last year or so since uh, we started making our own wine at home. How's that going for you? It's going good. We're on our third batch. Uh, we did a, uh, what did we do? We did a Cabernet first, mm-hmm. which was very well received by all the sommeliers that I know. Which are none. Um, <laughs> then we did a Chardonnay, which uh, which I quite enjoyed very much, and uh, and then uh, we just uh, just bottled a Merlot. Which one did I get to try? I believe you tried the Cabernet. All right. Still waiting on the other two. Let me know when uh, when they show up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's working on his uh, sommelier exam too, right? Yeah, both, exactly. Both of you guys are right. right? Yeah, okay. so that's yeah, coming yeah. up next. I know a couple of winos. I don't really know any sommeliers, <laughs> and by a couple. I I mean me. <laughs> yeah, man, this is, uh, I love coming to Northern Brewer and talking homebrew. Um, they've got a, a lot of stuff going on here. We're, uh, we're going to get into it in just a minute. Before we do, I want to plug uh, Black Friday. We're going to be at Republic doing Imperial Black Friday. So if, uh, if you're out and about, uh, you know, after you're done shopping, getting your cheap TV, come, uh, come swing over and drink some uh, Imperial Stouts. It's it's what's good for That's you. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to do a, a do a show fun. from there. It's going to be some special food items uh, and like 40 beers that uh, will knock your socks off. Yeah. We've done, this is our third Sounds Imperial right. Black Friday yeah. event. We right? just had our third anniversary, so that would yeah. make sense. I didn't make it to the second one. I was out of town for Thanksgiving for the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one was uh, was fantastic. And yeah, the beers are just knock your socks off good. Yeah. We moved the event from uh, SW Craft, rest in peace to, to those guys. So kind of, kind of a bummer for me being in St. Paul and having a, a great uh, food and, and drink spot like that. Kind of go down the go down the tubes, but that's that's how business works. You have to be successful, or your doors close. That's so right. Move the event to uh, Republic, and, and looking forward to that. But we should get into uh, the rest of the fun here. We're going to talk about Northern Brewer. You talking about the wine you've made? I just made a, a fresh hop beer, and uh, it wasn't terrible. All right. Mostly. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> I like that. Terrible. Let's, let's, why don't you jump on the mic, Jeff, and tell people uh, what's going on here at Northern Brewer. Yeah, so this store has been here. Uh, this is the store on Lindell Avenue at 6021, right across the street from Bachman's. Um, we're about a block or two north of Peter's Billiards, so most people kind of know that one reference or the other. Um, this store has been here for about six years, and we decided that uh, we wanted to take this store and do a little bit of redesign on it. So um, as we... A massive redesign <laughs> from As we look tell. around, we've done quite a bit, uh, and we're looking forward to doing a uh, grand reopening tomorrow, which is uh, Saturday at 9 a.m. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We want to invite people in to kind of look around. Uh, we have some more interactive displays. Uh, we have some hops and some grain out uh, for people to kind of play with, and just the general overfeel, or uh, I guess the, the um, just the general feel of the place uh, is kind of nice. We've knocked out a lot of walls. Some of you, if you're, uh, if you're shopping with us, you know that we had a beautiful class room um, behind a wall, and uh, that classroom is still here, but the wall is gone. Um, It kind of makes a really nice open format learning environment, so customers that are coming in to shop and may not be coming in for a class can kind of poke in and see what's going on. Gives us a lot more opportunities. Um, We've moved some displays around to help highlight some of our products and help kind of explain more about how homebrewing works in general. We're also highlighting our wine and cheese area a little bit more, which is kind of fun. We brought in a couple of other 
fun things like uh, we have a uh, Budweiser Tapper video game that I know uh, Drew is a big fan of here. He uh, when he came in last week, he was complaining that the toggle was uh, not <laughs> not working because you couldn't run to the right. But I we got free token we got back. that fixed just for him for tomorrow, so that's uh, <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a, a much more fun environment, I think, for homebrewers to come in, interact with the staff, interact with the space, and uh, you know better sight lines. We've also knocked out uh, part of the entire front wall of the um, the outer wall of the classroom and put in a concrete slab out there for a patio. Obviously, this is not incredible patio season right now, but we're looking forward to utilizing that in the spring to be able to maybe take our classes outside or just in general get some more sunlight into the store and also be able to open those doors up, get some fresh air, and I think that'll be really fun too. Yeah, when well, we've got uh, Joe from Bad Weather is going to join us as well as Andy from, from Bad Weather. And, Joe, you, you spent a lot of time in, in these here walls, right? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> How long were you uh, a Northern Brewer uh, employee? Did you help open the store? It's been, what, six years? Six years, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they hired me on, Northern Brewer hired me on when they were opening up the store. And, yes, it was six years ago, almost exactly. Uh, our grand opening was on Black Friday 2011. 2011, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, glad you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's really, really cool to see what you guys have done. Hurts my heart a little bit because we helped put up the walls and stuff. No, no, that's, <laughs> actually, that's a lie. I think I put together some shelving. Joe puts up walls. I, I tear down walls. Right. <laughs> There's some meaning Good in Lord. there somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. I mean, I was here, uh, good Lord, full time for two, three years up until right before we got bad weather, the tap room open. Um, up until uh, I became the manager and then Joe quit. I don't know if that's right. had anything that to do with each other. But. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. Still six months before tap room opened, so yeah, <laughs> you have to get out of there a little early. But it's, yeah, this is a really cool spot uh, for me just because being here during the construction, the grand opening, um, and then a year or so, or a couple years after that, uh, starting bad weather, we started our company in Minnetonka in a shared facility, and so we did that while I was working full-time here at this store. Um, and there's a connection to Andy, our head brewer. He was out there in Minnetonka as well. Um, yeah, so you guys did an awesome job with this. Thanks. It's been uh, it's been a long month, and it's been a long, uh, I guess, six or eight months of planning and design. But um, we're happy with it. You know, we're making a few tweaks here and there, of course. But um, we're going to be ready to rock tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. I want to talk a little about, uh, you know, Drew said he was making wine. I uh, made a, a latest attempt at, at beer. What is, what is the, the biggest mistake that uh, home brewers make when it comes to the home fermentation? Is it think, sanitation? Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of four four pillars of making a great quality homebrew, and they're the same kind of pillars that you that you know uh, pro brewers are going to look at. Cleaning and sanitation is very very important, right? Um, then we talk about yeast health, yeast management, making sure you pitch enough healthy yeast. The quantity and the quality of the yeast health is very very important. Uh, making sure that you get some oxygen into that yeast as well, and then just making sure that you monitor your temperature and fermentations, and make sure that they're going and trending in the right direction. How do you? How does someone determine whether or not a yeast is healthy? So with home brewing, there's always an expiration date or a born-on date on the packaging. And a lot of times what we'll do is uh, there's plenty of good research online that kind of shows, um, you know, how long a yeast can be in one in that environment, you know, in the little packets that you buy for home brewing. You know, they lose about 7 to 9 or 10% viability every every week or so. It actually goes downhill quite, quite quickly. Um, so we try to monitor that and keep everything fresh in the store. And, you know, we, um, you know, recommend 
recommended, it's about six month shelf life. Uh, we expire them out um, no later than five months when we have them in the store if they last that long. And they're usually discounted or maybe even depending on the yeast strain, discounted at about four months. We want to make sure our customers get a really healthy yeast because otherwise, if you start losing viability, you have to um, you have to start adding more cells. So you're looking at more packets of yeast and that can be expensive over time. Yeah, a lot of guys I know will do uh, a starter, do a yeast starter. Explain that process for the, uh, the folks who are just used to buying packets. Yeah, so a yeast starter is um, is a process that you basically use some dry malt extract, which is kind of a, a dry or a syrupy form of wort, right? The unfermented beer. Um, you put your yeast into there. Uh, the most uh, th- the best way to propagate um, more cells, and that's what we're doing for a yeast starter, is actually creating more new cells mm-hmm. um, as well as quantity. But um, you know, you basically will put that on a stir plate. Uh, you don't need to use a stir plate, but it's more effective that way with a stir bar, and you basically let that go for about 24 to 36 hours before you pitch your uh, your actual brew. So this takes a little bit of uh, planning to go, you know, a day or a day and a half ahead of time, but it really dramatically changes the quality of your beer and then speeds up the fermentation a little bit and also eliminates uh, or at least dramatically reduces your lag time, which is the time that you add your yeast to the time you start active fermentation, and that can help reduce risk of um, uh, contamination. I've never done a starter because I'm not a planner. Jeff, you've explained a yeast starter before, haven't you? I have a couple of times. <laughs> it is so critical. If you're a home brewer out there, home brewer out there, and you're not uh, using yeast starters to prep your five-gallon batches, it's going to change. It's going to dramatically change the quality of your homebrew. It doesn't matter if you're extract or partial mash or all grain. It makes a really big difference. Very good. Well, we're coming up on a break. You're listening to the Minnesota Beercast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. We'll be back from Northern Brewer with the boys from Bad Weather. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, recording this week's episode at the, is it, is it fair to call it the, the legendary Northern Brewer? In, that is uh, fair, yeah. Minneapolis? Well, I, I wouldn't call it that. Yeah. Is, is it fair? Six years? Is that, does, that, does that attain legendary status? I, I don't know. All right, we're going to go with that. Legendary Northern Brewer. I usually just call it Jeff the flagship. Fleming. You know, I mean, yeah. some people argue that the flagship is the one that's been around the longest. I consider it the prettiest, and it's that's the one what we are. Milwaukee, so. right? <laughs> it's the one, is the one in Milwaukee been around the longest? The that one one's been Paul? around for, I think, uh, nine years now in Milwaukee, and uh, the oldest store that we have is on Grand Avenue just west of Lexington. I like to call it my store. Yeah, and that, one, uh, that one's been there for 22, 23 years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so I, was, I love going in there and, and just like looking around, like, oh, that'd be something cool to have. Wonder if I can make that at home. Maybe, but it's not going to be as functional or look as nice. That was back when you needed, if you needed something sent to you from Northern Brewer, you had to mail in from the back page on the catalog. <laughs> that's that's a long time ago. That's before hashtags. That's that right. Well, before free hashtags. Well, what, what I like is, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit about how we started making our own wine about a year ago, and I am going to uh, eventually venture into into making my own beer. And it's something that, for me, I've always thought about and always had an air of like unattainability about it like it was something that's something that other people do and i had no idea where to start but you know you come here and it's all really you make it really easy and you make it very unintimidating you know for someone who has never done anything like i'd never done anything like it before and the staff here when i when i came and i bought the first kit and 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 everything made it incredibly easy incredibly accommodating and just took all that intimidation factor out of it we get a lot of comments from customers or not 
non-customers, I should say, more often to say, well, you know, is it expensive? Does it taste good? Is it easy to do? How much space does it take up? Those kind of common questions. Does it smell up your house? Yeah, it makes your house smell like a brewery for a day or so. But uh, yeah, I mean, depends (laughs) on if you like the smell of a brewery or not. But yeah, I mean, we've really, I think Northern Brewer has has done a really good job um, trying to make this as easy as possible. And, you know, the extract kits that we have, that's where most people start. And it's a little bit like making brownies in the box, right? That's an analogy that I like to use is, you know, with brownies in the box, you add maybe an egg and some water and the directions are pretty easy to use. And, you know, you put them in the oven and kick them out and they're pretty good brownies, right? Even brownies from the box can be really good. You can go as complicated as you want to go into home brewing. You can go into all grain brewing, which is the same way that a commercial brewery would make beer. Uh, It takes a little bit more equipment, takes a little bit more time, takes a little bit more understanding. It's much more like doing brownies from scratch. You know, you need more than just water and an egg now. Uh, If you, you know, there's more opportunity to kind of mess it up. um, But when you nail it, they're probably better than the brownies in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the kits are really good. And then your your starter uh, equipment, too, you guys have just, like, a basic kit and, like, a step up from that. You can get the, the Rolls Royce if you want. But, I mean, that's that's exactly how I started was with a, a basic kit and a, and a recipe and just go to town, right? I mean, it's kind of it's the, it's the fun way to, to spend a morning uh, and experimenting, especially if you're – if you're like me where you're always busy doing something and and you're not a planner and you just swing by the store and, and get uh, a recipe box and and do the the three hours in the morning instead of the man it can take a long time if you're doing the the all grain i mean how long does it take for for you to do a, a brew andy is it pretty comparable to uh I mean, the process doesn't change much from small scale to large scale. No, not really. I mean, the general basics are there. I mean, geez, when I was still homebrewing, it was about doing all grain in the garage. It was six hours, maybe, something like that. And a single turn for us at the brewery in St. Paul is seven hours from start to clean up. So it's just larger scale. You have faster ways to convey things and pumps and stuff like that. But overall, it's about the same amount of time. Yeah. um, when you started as a home brewer, right? I mean, it's, isn't that where pretty much every brewer starts is tinkering around in the garage and then they make that, that transition, right? It's the classic story of yeah. Yeah, started yeah. as a home brewer mm-hmm. and, you know, really how, wanted to get how, ambitious. How instrumental and how important is it from, from your guys' perspective to have something like a northern brewer is that that... that adds to the culture uh you know the beer culture huge. in yeah. an area and just makes it more accessible i mean i gotta believe I, it's hard to quantify but i gotta believe that having you know the, the, these northern brewer locations here in the twin cities have been somewhat instrumental in the fantastic beer scene that we're all enjoying now yeah i mean even uh when i got, first got into uh home brewing that was I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I mean, it was known even then that Northern Brewer was, like, the place to go. I mean, everyone knew about it nationally. They even had a magazine order back then, I think. So, um, but, yeah, I was there every weekend, you know, buying stuff for the next batch. And, um, And you talk with people at the store, you talk with the the people that are working there, spit ideas off of each other. Um, And that's how I kind of got associated with the um, Minnesota Homebrewers Association, I heard about it from someone at the store. I didn't know there was a homebrew club, and then I just kind of went down another path that way. And, and um, yeah, I think it's... 
The homebrew clubs have. are fun. They are I've fun. had a lot of yep. fun at, at homebrew clubs, you mm-hmm. know, be it judging or just hanging out and drinking beer, making new friends with like-minded individuals. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to join a club as long as, as long as people are there for the right reasons. Like, you know, they're, like some people get a, a little too wrapped up in the hobby sometimes when it stops being fun anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's really neat to get that feedback and criticism from people if, if you're open to it. Yeah, get wrapped up like Andy and I, we did. <laughs> but well, that's, that's just it. It turned into a complete and utter passion of mine. I mean, it, it was no longer just a hobby. It was something I wanted to do. You ever look back as a pro brewer and, and think about some of the stuff that you did or made when you were still a, a rank amateur and go, man, what, what was I doing there? What? Yeah, I remember the first... <laughs> My first all grain batch, I remember it. It was it was an IPA, and it was it hazy. <laughs> it actually wasn't too hazy, not, um, but it it was drinkable. But I think back on it now, like what I was doing, I mean, it was I had just started all grain, and I was just kind of flying off the cuff as far as like calculations and grist to liquor ratios and hops and it was just kind of throwing stuff in there you know yeah and then just kind of started finding some more books and things to that you can use for recipe development and recipe research and, and stuff like that but yeah i've got a cooler uh a big giant cooler that's been in my garage for seven years now that uh i've not touched just because i've never taken the the jump to, to all grain that was for me too i i did um extract for years because I, I to be honest i didn't I, I was a little scared like all grain like oh it's too much work too much it's, work and equipment too much time was too in, expensive in my mind. um but yeah there is some um more equipment involved but you can get creative and it can be pretty cheap i mean yeah i love it, i love hanging out with home brewers and seeing some of the the stuff that they make and create oh yeah to to overcome their their individual problems with their systems and stuff like <laughs> they're 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 like beer hackers i mean the, <laughs> the stuff that people come up with copper pipes and mm-hmm. you know holes drilled into it and yeah. just like man what do you all right if it works it works yeah, right, right. If, if, if the beer tastes good just keep yeah. rolling with the way you do it well so. it speaks to the whole nature of of home brewers right it's people who are diy Yes. yes. So yep. it's no surprise to see people who, you know, same people who I think, you know, tend to work on their cars or do their own home improvement. Mm-hmm. It's people who are why super hands on. That's Joke. the opposite of me. I'm not handy at all. <laughs> that's, that's why you hired Andy. Well, yes. <laughs> at my first homebrew, I'm thinking back now, I was so, I, the sanitiz- sanitizing is so important, but that, that's the thing I focused on. And good lord i think i might even sanitize with bleach a very light dilution of that um and then my, the water i used to rinse it was distilled water that i boiled to use as my rinse water to clean off the equipment after so, uh, no yeah. contamination at jazz yeah, house nope nope i made a good uh maybe a little bleachy dunkelweizen yeah. how about temperature how it feels to me and maybe it's just because that's one of my weak points when, mm-hmm. when fermenting stuff is that home brewers don't give a damn about temperature it seems at least more of them should in my mind what do you guys think yeah absolutely i mean um every yeast strain has its certain temperatures it usually likes to do its thing it's usually a 10 to 12 degree window and you know fermentation creates a lot of heat a lot of reactions going on inside that little five gallon carboy and if you're not controlling that it 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 gets too hot for obvious reasons and your flavor profiles just go off 
off the rails. It usually doesn't taste good. It's, some people can say it tastes hot. Mm -hmm. you know, some different alcohols are formed at that temperature that can be very off-putting. Well, how does, what's the best way for, because I'm thinking about my house. Like if I were to start brewing, I'm not sure how I would regulate that temperature or where the best spot would be what's what's your you know if you were going to give one piece of advice to a new home brewer when it comes to regulating temperature you know how, how do you how do you handle that you know the first thing we do is you know we don't necessarily encourage people right off the bat to say okay you need a way to tr control the temperature you have to first know what your temperature is at right so you're going to pay attention obviously you're going to find a place in your house that you know, for an ale, is going to hover somewhere between about 65 and 72 degrees, something like that. Um, it depends on, like Andy said, you know, it, de it depends on the um, uh, the yeast. You know, some yeast, even ale strains, some like it a little bit hotter. Um, some benefit from being a little bit hotter. Uh, some can be a little bit cooler. But for the most part, uh, somewhere between 65 and 72 is going to work out all right. You know, one of the easiest and simplest, cheapest tools that we have in the store here is just those little stick-on thermometers. And you just slap like one of those. Aquarium. Yeah, just slap mm -hmm. one of those bad boys onto your carboy, and then you can least see you know get an idea of what temperature your fermentation is sitting at and you're creating a lot of heat during the first like two to four days when you have peak fermentation and then that heat really starts to to kind of recede um, so you just want to pay attention to that if you end up on the higher side if you're pushing 72 75 78 degrees somewhere in there you might want to think about either you know some people put like a wet towel around it and try to get it to cool down that way a wet towel on a fan otherwise just putting it maybe someplace in your house you know a little bit cooler sometimes in the summertime your basement is great in the wintertime maybe not so great unless you're making lagers and the lagers are going to ferment a little bit cooler somewhere between maybe 45 55 degrees so if you have a cold space in the wintertime and your ales aren't working out time to start thinking about lagering right no I, i'm i'm kind of uh i'm kind of toying with the idea of doing a lager this this winter i've never done one it's unexplored territory i think maybe uh maybe after the show i'll uh i'll tap the collective wisdom for the the best method to create a lager at home more from northern brewer with bad weather coming up right after this Minnesota Beer Cast back recording live from Northern Brewer. I am Drew. That is Schmidt. I do want to remind you, the uh, iHeartRadio app, free and easy to download, really is the uh, the best way to listen to the Minnesota Beer Beercast. We are available via many podcast uh, apps and things like that, and of course, at minnesotabeercast.com. Uh, but you get the iHeartRadio app, you search Minnesota Beercast. We've got our own dedicated channel on there with all of our back episodes. Uh, free, easy to download. You can take us with you anywhere you go. Three years worth of back episodes. Just celebrate that anniversary. I'm still a little... Don't uh, listen to the first ones. No. Skip the first year. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like Parks and Rec. You skip the first season. <laughs> it really, it didn't get good until like two weeks ago. I'm still traumatized <laughs> by our uh, our chili throwdown last week. It's very disappointed in myself. That's right. I get a year of smack talking. Uh, I've, I've won a year of talking smack because my chili destroyed yours. It's going to be brutal. Although... Uh, it's like my chili was Floyd Mayweather. Easy. Your chili was Conor McGregor. I can at least be Manny Pacquiao or something. <laughs> the uh, you never the, stood a chance. <laughs> the uh, dang the uh, the chili from uh, Modest was really good too. It, it, it obliterated both of ours. So yeah, I'm, uh, I think we're gonna do uh, uh, an annual thing. I, I I'm down with it. We're. I like uh, it. 
I think next year Modest said they'll host because uh, they they won, so the defending champions. I'm gonna make them a, like a trophy. I like that as the, as sort of the, sort of the bit. You uh-huh. know, the defending champion has yeah. to host the next year. Yeah, we'll work has out to, the details. Like it's a punishment. You uh, you guys are of course invited. Bad weather if you well, want to if you can make a chili. Andy, can you make you can, a chili? I, I can make a mean chili. I was gonna say you look like it. Yeah. Got to use your own beer in it. That's the rule. Oh, oh I can, no problem. No problem. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's talk bad weather. Let's talk beers. Let's talk Black Friday. Would you guys have a a really fun event coming up. We do, yeah. Uh, we uh, partnered with the Growler guys. Um, they helped publish a book, which uh, the author also has history at Northern Brewer. Um, Michael Dawson mm-hmm. used to work here. He did the brewing TV things. He also was a huge part. But also, I'm not a huge part of the scene. He was a huge part of the scene. Um, you, yeah, you only own a brewery, dude. Brewing, well, <laughs> <laughs> because I watched his videos at first. Um, <laughs> but we're celebrating the launch of his book. Um, it's called a Mashmaker Citizen Brewer's Guide to Making Great Beer at Home. So it's kind of like a home brewing, home brewed book because it's kind of this new self-publishing thing. That was the the line they told me to say, uh, <laughs> but because we got, um, uh, we're good buddies with him. Um, we wanted to partner with them to launch his book. So we're doing a fun um, Black Friday Wurt Rally. Um, now Wurt Rally again. We said that's the pre-fermented beer. You guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Wurt rallies are kind of fun if you haven't done one before. Uh, really fits in with the theme of what we're talking about here today with home brewing, where instead of spending that six hours where you know you don't plan like me, you got to show up at the store first thing in the morning, get your it, come home. You guys are going to have pre-made wort. Andy, I'm assuming you and, and Dawson are going to make the wort. How is that all going to work out? Yeah, so the other cool thing with this this wort rally, there'll be uh, four actually. Ours will be the first one and mm-hmm. then three others the following week. Um, that I'll, we can talk about those in a minute. But, sure. Um, so we'll ours, throw a link in the show notes too. Yeah, so. they're, they're all recipes from his book. So um, mm-hmm. ours just kind of playing with Black Friday is the uh, his uh, black IPA recipe. Um, so, so if you want to make a black IPA, you show up to the event. Yep. You yep. have a couple of bad weather beers while you're there. Yeah. And then get uh, get some. Bring your own carboy. Make sure it's clean. Cleaned and sanitized. Yep. Right. Because there's a difference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> clean and sanitized, and you can fill it with with wort to come home and, and take advantage of his recipe. Yep. So we'll have um, chilled oxygenated wort that people can. We'll fill them for them, and then they can. This is the cool thing with wort rallies is they pick the yeast, they pick the dry hops if they want. Um, um, it will be hopped wort. Um, there'll be. Uh, you guys are doing all the work. Yeah, all all the all the hard work. <laughs> they can, and people can come in. Um, it starts at noon. Wort will be ready by three thirty. We're telling people if yeah noon, so they can come see kind of the finishing part of the brew day. Yep. Hang out, ask questions, and well, um, and make sure you get there first because it may not last all day. Yeah, and if you do want to uh, get some work, not. Uh, sign up. Uh, I think our Facebook event has a link to uh, the Mashmakers website where you just kind of got to register to get your work. Register to yeah. get the work. Mm-hmm. Obviously, come on in, even if you don't want to get warts. Wort. <laughs> um, <laughs> have some beers, see the brew, chat with the author, chat with us. Um, yeah. Very good. Have you guys seen the book? I have not seen uh, an advanced copy. No, of I, think just, they, I think they just got them in the office today or yesterday. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so... Um, I've just we've just seen some of the recipes that the uh, mm-hmm. different breweries are brewing, but um, I think there's 50. I don't want to say I don't know for sure, but there's quite a few 
It's full uh, of recipes. recipes. Yes, lots of recipes. So very nice. I mean, we're doing a black IPA. Um, Forager Brewing um, is doing a Minnesota Visa. I'm, I'm assuming that I'm not sure if that's a instead of play on Hefeweizen or if it's a Berliner Weiss. I don't. I'm not sure what right. what it is. Um, let's see. Beaver Island is doing a Maybach. Uh, the Sterling Pounder Maybach, and then Hoops Brewing is the last one doing the Motorboat Extra Oatmeal Stout. So there's kind of All a right. cool range of styles mm-hmm. that they picked from the book. It's neat to, to be a novice and have a recipe that somebody else has made so that you don't do like I do when you walk into the, the store and go, a little of this, a little of that. Yeah. See how it all turns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll call this style a Schmitty box. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, as long as it ferments, we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how difficult is it to create uh, these recipes, guys? What what goes into the, the creation and the, and the formulation? Um, to be honest, that's probably my favorite part. Um, besides a new brew day, um, creating recipes is a lot of fun. Um, I'll sit down with all the books that I have, scour the internet, depending on the style I want to make, and and just kind of hash out, you know, what we want, what what are what's the yeast we're going to use. That'll play a role in ingredients and how the how the style is going to be. Um, and I'll spend I don't know maybe three or four days, if not longer, working on a recipe, talking with um, Christian and Ian, our two brewers, and also Zach and Joe if it's like a new beer and what do we want in that beer so um it's it's a lot of fun i like coming up with new recipes are there any styles that you found to be at least initially like when you first started looking into it and researching that you found to be particularly intimidating or are they all sort of you know square one you start here and and you and you follow the steps yeah all of our lagers all of our we've done only german lagers so far um, what, because what about I've never them? brewed a lager before uh, last summer, so I never did one as a home brewer because I, I never had the fermentation right. to do it. Um, but I always wanted to brew them. They're my light German lagers are probably my favorite beer to drink, and um, those were the recipes that I really was spending a lot more time on than the other ones, I guess you could say. So how do you um, prepare for that? Do you do test batches? Do you do small-scale we don't, R&D? We don't anymore. Um, to just jump honest, right in. Just do it. I mean, I we have a pilot system, um, mm-hmm. but to be honest, we don't have the greatest fermentation control on our pilot system. <laughs> so Right. Yeah, I mean, we could match pretty close on the uh, the hot side, but... I'm, fermentation, oxygen, that's a yeah, tougher thing to replicate. Yeah, all that there's a lot more variables. And I'm just, I'm a proponent of, you know, I know what our yeast is going to do. I know what our ingredients are going to taste and smell like. And I know what our brew house is going to do for us. Well, and to a certain point, it's science, right? Where y- you know that this and this and this are going to equal this, right? I mean... Oh, yeah, absolutely. In theory. Right, yeah. As long <laughs> as you do your steps properly and... You take notes constantly throughout the day, throughout fermentation, taste it every day. What's, how's it tasting? What, what can we adjust on it? How are the dry hops tasting? I mean, right. it's, it's all of that stuff. That said, it is, you're dealing with a living organism in, in the yeast, right? Yep. Do they ever throw you a curveball? Yeah, it's happened before. Um, some of our bigger beers we've, we've battled with, just dialing in how much yeast we really need. Um, having Logan on as our... Um, lab technician has really helped us with yeast health for sure um but some of our big beers have been have been difficult is it is it just a matter of 
over pitching the yeast or is it is it do you guys struggle with under pitching or is it really is there a sweet spot because the the problems i've always heard with people in, in big beers and it's been limited to home brewing is that people under pitch when it comes to to home brewing big beers oh i would think so or mul- pitching multiple times depending on how big it is pitch one day oxygenate probably oxygenate again within 24 hours pitch more yeast and maybe a third time i mean our russian imperial stout we pitched yeast three times on that beer i didn't i didn't even realize that was a thing oh yeah mm-hmm. nice shows, shows something new well that's why i came to northern brewer <laughs> that's why i came to northern brewer every time you listen <laughs> or host you learn something all right we are up against the break final segment from northern brewer on the minnesota beer cast coming up right after this Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast. Again, I just want to plug one more time the uh, the Imperial Fri- uh, Black Friday event that we're doing uh, on Black Friday at Republic. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you there. Come on out. We're going to do a full show from there. And then probably stick around and have some tasty food. Yeah, man. If you're an Uber driver and you're listening, swing by. Be on call. Right? Yep. <laughs> exactly. Be on call. It's going to be a good day for you. Yeah, there's going to be lots of events going on uh, Black Friday. So, of course, you got the stuff at, at Bad Weather. You've got the stuff at Republic. I think there's something happening at Happy Gnome. Uh, yeah, get your get your Uber driver and, and keep his number handy. <laughs> we should plug to uh, here at Northern Brewer. Uh, Nate Dogs, friend of the show, is going to be here uh, Saturday slinging dogs. Right, That's Jeff? right. Yeah, he's going to be here from 11 to 1. First 75 wieners uh, coming off the cart are free what? to your customers. So what? free wieners. Yeah, Nate is uh, the Mobile Cuisine 2017 Hot Dog Vendor of the Year. Yeah. Yeah, man. I vote and if you it. haven't had his hot dogs, they are delicious. They are 100% pork hot dogs. And if you like ketchup, that's too bad. <laughs> no. He will fight you. I, you know what? I like his stance on ketchup, and I wholly endorse it. Doesn't belong on a wiener. No. Doesn't mean you, you know, can't use it for other things. Doesn't belong on a wiener. so judgmental. You know? And beans don't Certainly belong doesn't, in chili. Doesn't deserve it. Yeah, you can't put it on a brat, though, either. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 no, no, no. I'm, I'm no. with you on that. You guys are pretty strict. I draw the line at <laughs> eggs and mac and cheese. No ketchup on that. <laughs> no. Catch up on that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a coarse ground brown mustard kind of guy, um, you know. And, and Nate, Nate dogs, those hot dogs are not your Oscar Mayer. Those are real, you know, coarse ground, delicious. The snap in, ca- in the casing. Yep. Those are real hot dogs, real wieners. Yeah, man. Come get some; they're delicious. We've uh, we've had Nate on the show a few times. We certainly talked about Nate on the show a few times. So if you're one of those people that's like, I'm sick of hearing the Minnesota Beer Cast talk about these hot dogs that I've never tried, get out here uh, to Northern Brewer and be one of the first 75 people. And free wiener. Free wiener. Doesn't Man. get better than that. Free, not just a free Nate dog. <laughs> exactly. better than a free wiener. Well, do we, uh, do we got time to talk about some news this week, Drew? I say that every time, and I feel like we always run out of time. Uh, yes, and yes, we do. We do have some time left here in this last segment. I grabbed a few stories here. Let's see. I got one from craftbeer.com, right? Uh-huh. Uh, here's a problem you've probably had. Let's see if you guys can relate to this. Another former craft brewery just sold out to Big Beer, and you're left with a brewery T-shirt you don't want to wear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that problem, actually. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't care. It's just a shirt, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, the folks at Arrogant Bastard Brewing are rolling out an amnesty program. 
to help take that shirt off your hands and put it to good use. Uh, hopefully you didn't choose sale day to wear it said t-shirt. Uh, back to Arrogant Bastards unapologetic plan. The California Brewery, which grew from Stone Brewing Company, announced its unworthy beer t-shirt amnesty month. Yeah, because they're their own brewery now, right? They're no longer part yeah. of Stone. They're their own they're their own thing. No kidding. Yeah. Which okay. You can uh, trade in the shirt featuring the logo of a beer maker that you have fallen out of favor with for whatever reason. And, uh, and the Arrogant Bastard will take it in and they'll box them up and ship them off to, uh, let's see, we'll ship them off to Tony McGee, Heineken Place in Amsterdam. Wow. Or they'll ship them to Golden Road, Goose Island, Wicked Weed, Elysian, Ten Barrel, etc., etc. <laughs> Why don't they ship them to kids who need clothes? <laughs> That's what I was th- when I first read the program. I was like, okay, they're going to do something good. You know, give them, the, give them the charity, give them the uh, you know a shelter or whatever. Okay, you know, we make take, sure they taking your T-shirt. We're right. going to send them to. to no, they're kids. just being passive aggressive with them. And, and are, there, are you going to get an uh, an arrogant bastard T-shirt in return? It doesn't say that. This no. is the dumbest promotion ever. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> this is really stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, there's there's absolutely no redeeming quality in this whatsoever. Like, here, we're going to take your shirt and send it to a bunch of people who don't need shirts, and we're not going to give you anything for it. Okay. In, 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 I, in reading the story a little further, that's just one of the ideas they have for the T-shirts. Okay, it's the, it says it's not confirmed, so, so hopefully, hopefully they're going to do some... Let, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. So they're promoting something they don't have lined up yet, then. Uh, yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> the Unworthy Beer T-Shirt Amnesty Month. Uh, Pabst is uh, moving into uh, spirits. Sweet. Okay. You all familiar with Not Your Father's Root Beer? It's really, really sweet. It's really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. But it's root beer. What do you expect? Root beer is sweet. Um, then they have, a, they have, I forget what it's called. They've got a Mountain Dew version. I don't know about it's, that. Uh, I forget. It's Not Your Father's something. I don't remember. But it looks, it's supposed to look and taste like Mountain Dew. I haven't tried it. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> These, uh, Maybe Code Red, I do. But. <laughs> not Your Father's Coke Zero? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they're in a move towards diversifying its portfolio and reaching spirits customers. Uh, and this is uh, uh, the first time I'm learning that Pabst is actually, I didn't know Pabst was the one behind the Not Your Father's line. Yeah. Uh, but Pabst Brewing Company announced a foray into the craft spirits with Not Your Father's Bourbon. I'll try it. I mean, how, how bad could it be? Bourbon, right? <laughs> the 86-proof small batch bourbon is the first product to be launched in a new line of spirits under the Not Your Father's label, which includes, of course, the Not Your Father's root beer, as well as a hard vanilla cream and ginger ale offerings, among others. Seems a really weird place to go. Like, I understand the, the Not Your Father's brand with, uh, you know, the root beer. The alcoholic and sodas. Yeah, yeah. That, it seems, you know, it's, it's fun. It's creative. It's different right did we ever get a resolution on the controversy around whether or not not your father's root beer can call itself a craft beer remember we talked about that about a year or so ago i think it was actually more than a year ago when they were marketing themselves as a craft beer 
And everybody was like, you're not a craft beer. Yeah. Knock it off. I don't know. Who cares? Okay. But so, I guess not. I think I'm just going to wait a year or two until they put out the bourbon barrel aged Mountain Dew alcoholic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would totally try a bourbon. Double but dry I, but the, the fact something. that it's made under the Not Your Father's brand does, does nothing for me. And it seems yeah, like a seems weird place to fit. Did our dad's bourbon have alcohol in it? Is this something new? It, Is that what? My, my dad's did. <laughs> I don't know about your dad. <laughs> yeah, the well, I, I imagine the brand is doing pretty well. I mean, they sure. do have a multiple lines now, and it may not do anything for you or me, or maybe the average listener of the Minnesota Beer Cast is probably not your target, not your father's yeah. consumer, right? Yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm, I'm imagining it's the it's the same crowd that Bartles and James marketed to back in the day. Um, but you know, if it, they're clearly they're clearly I mean, hitting hitting the market, they're clearly finding an audience. And I'm sure they're going after that name recognition, right? If right? they've got mm-hmm. a really strong brand, then then let's do it under that name it just seems like a weird fit but the whiskey is being produced in monroe wisconsin at the minhas distillery which Hmm. provides private and custom label distilling i didn't know they did distilling uh, at minhas i knew they did beer i didn't know they did distilling so here's the twist all right uh they uh tim kovac uh, was not involved in the creation, uh, according to a spokeswoman who founded the small town brewery in 2010, was not involved in the creation, but the spokeswoman said that the uh, the company worked with authentic and traditional uh, bourbon distillers from around the country to create uh, bourbon with a twist. The twist is a touch of Madagascar vanilla. That's where they all went. <laughs> vanilla beans have been hard to get. <laughs> Andrew's like, damn it. Damn you, Pabst. <laughs> well, no, I think there's been some um, climate things, too, with, with vanilla beans. I think they had a bad crop. Was it this year? Because we use a lot of vanilla beans in our sodas. Oh, and, and they, you guys have been And we've been scratching and clawing to find vanilla beans. <laughs> Mystery solved. Yeah. <laughs> Not Your Father's Bourbon is currently available, available in 750 milliliter bottles just in Wisconsin and Illinois for the time being. Uh, suggested retail price of 29 99. I, I, I don't know why you would need to put vanilla into a bourbon. I don't it know. It doesn't sound bad. I, I, I just, I get the this. The vanilla sound, notes come out that's anyways, of, right? From that's, the bourbon being. That's kind of what I'm wondering if this is a way to shortcut the, the process and or just to make it more some, palatable to people who just want something sweet. Yeah, I guess. No, vanilla's not exactly sweet. I mean, it's got its own flavor right but i don't know we'll see how it tastes perhaps send me a bottle i'll be the judge let me know <laughs> <laughs> i'll weigh in thumbs up or thumbs down i'll, I'll let everybody else know here in the story by launching a bourbon made with a touch of madagascar vanilla the company can reach spirits drinkers with a unique but more familiar product offering sounds a bunch of corporate speak <laughs> right? we're shifting the paradigm of bourbon <laughs> 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 to provide more synergy. All right, one more quick story before we wrap up. Uh, uh, not to get too political, we avoid politics on the beer cast, but they, uh, those that have followed, uh, have been following the story, there is a massive tax reform bill making its way through Congress at the moment. The Senate version does have a uh, does have a little a nugget in there that will benefit brewers the, mm-hmm. for the first time ever. Beer excise tax reductions have been included in a comprehensive federal tax form proposal uh, includes reductions in the federal excise taxes for all brewers and importers under a new proposal section that features 14 pages of alcohol related uh, reforms 
Yeah. So it would cut the uh, excise tax to $3.50 per barrel, which is currently $7. So it cuts the uh, federal excise tax in half. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, we've had uh, both uh, Representative Paulson and Senator Klobuchar on in the past. If you guys want to check out the archives, they've talked about this issue specifically and how it relates to the local and, and national economy when it comes to, to creating beer. It's, it's, well, if we've got Joe and, and Andy here, what would uh, a cut in half of excise tax mean, mean to you guys at Bad Weather? Ignoring the politics associated with that bill, if that right, talking, yeah, no, just we're just talking, talking this, about this section that, here, that, this that particular here. thing. Well, I mean, you know, um, as a small business, like saying that I'm not a father, so I don't say as a father. So, but as a small business, <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got, you know, Andy's right here. We've got a great group of people, and it just would be able to help us either add to those people, compensate everyone. Um, closer to what they would deserve mm -hmm. um it's not like we don't have shareholders we don't have all these people that are going to pocket the money so a brewery like our size yes in that case <laughs> it would go back into the company whether that's however you however you deem the, the best return that, that right, to be either right. hiring more people or paying your current people more or thinking, doing bonuses but i don't <laughs> no Owner no bonuses I mean, that, in this case that is what <laughs> would happen yes right very good. So we'll keep an eye on that. That's going to do it. We are out of time. Thank you, Jeff, for having us out. Always enjoy coming out to Northern Brewer. We've got to do this more often. It's been far too long. Thank you, for uh, friends from Bad Weather, for coming Thank by. You. Looking Thank you. Looking forward to your uh, Black Friday event. Check out uh, all, their, all their social media and websites for more information on that. Good job, Schmitty. What did I do now? You lost at the chili competition. Oh, son of a... You made a... <laughs> Subpar. <laughs> Actually, your chili was really good. Was, uh, you know, everybody brought their A game that night. It was, it was a really good it was night. A little greasy. Uh, looking back, I would have used different meat. It was the first time. I'm gonna I hang like how he's my hanging head in shame his head with shame for the, for the as next he year. says he talks about this. Shame. <laughs> we will be back next week with a brand new edition. Well, next week will be the Black Friday edition. That's right. Right. Come so stand up on me. Wow. That's next week. Next week. Holy moly. We'll see you at Black Friday. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow.